Good day, ladies and gentlemen, everybody out there. Thank you for listening to I Like to Movie Movie. Uh, my name is Dan Scully. My name is Garrett Smith. And uh, I guess we, uh, before we introduce our guests, I just want to start off. Thank you to anybody who came out to Movie Movie Live. Yeah, we're hot um, off the heels of uh, Movie Movie Live 2. <laughs> hot off the heels. Uh, movie Movie Live 2, thank you so much for coming out. It was uh, awesome to do. It was a blast. Yeah, that it, was a fun time. It was super fun this month. I'm really excited for next month. We're doing yes. sports movies. September 18th, come out to Philomoca. 8 p.m. It's only $5. Uh, our guests are actually already lined up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris O'Connor, uh, mm-hmm. N.A. Poe, and Nikki Black are going to be our guests this coming month. It's going to be really fun. I'm su- I'm stoked to do it again. It was uh, awesome this month. It was really fun. Absolutely, absolutely. And we're, we're already kind of working on it. So yes. it'll be... Uh, uh, and get excited and come out. The more audience is there, the more fun it is. We, uh, we, we pit the audience against each other in teams. And it, it, the more people show up, it gets like really crazy and fun. Mm-hmm. They, they were rabid. Yeah. They yeah. were rabid. They're, I fucked up the scoreboard. <laughs> and before I... I could even fully fuck it up. Everyone was like, "No, everyone, you marked it. the wrong point." And I'm like, "Fuck!" Like, <laughs> including the team that was benefiting from it. Yeah. Oh yeah. They wanted honesty. They wanted. They wanted true competition. And uh, yes. we're going to provide that for you. I respect that in an audience. Absolutely. And um, okay, we'll we'll bring up our our guests here. Yes. So uh, we have with us uh, two very special guests. We have uh uh. uh uh, other, uh, the other uh, host of uh, Super Crappy Fun Time, <laughs> I uh, Kevin Lau. I, I couldn't figure out a way to say it, but uh, Kevin Lau is is here with us. You I'm know him from Super Crappy out. Fun Time. Go back to texting, you troll. I'm not texting. I'm just checking my schedule. Oh my sure, schedule. Uh, that's important. Hollywood. Yeah. yeah, Hollywood over here. <laughs> and then uh, to my left, as you can all see, yeah, sure. Imagine <laughs> in the theater of the mind. To my left, the uh, lovely Jay West, <laughs> the voice you can see. The vo- <laughs> <laughs> it's like God. Yeah, so uh, we're going to talk about uh, a really awesome movie. Uh, we're talking about Stanley Kubrick's uh, comedy masterpiece, perhaps his only comedy, from what I understand, <laughs> as, it, as it were. Yeah. I don't uh, know. Did you guys see Full Metal Jacket? It was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> actually, you know, I think Lolita has some comedy to it, right? Full Metal Jacket Second. has some comedy to yeah, it. it does, I mean, actually. Heck, even Eyes Wide Shut has <laughs> moments of levity. But uh, The Shining has a couple things that made me laugh in it. <laughs> oh, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> no, for real. It actually has like a couple of... Uh, we talked about the... Uh, are you out of your freaking mind? Are you out of your fucking mind? You're the one uh, talking to the yeah, imaginary bartender. you're literally bartender. drunk off of ghost <laughs> liquor. See, ghost see, liquor. I just found Jack Nicholson very relatable in that movie. I don't know. <laughs> Fair enough, but we're gonna we're gonna talk about uh, Doctor Strange Love or how I learned to stop worrying and yeah. love the bomb. Indeed, yes. my but favorite movie of all time. By yes, the that's way. why we. That's, that's why we're we're doing this movie. This is uh, Jay's yeah, pick. This, this has been week. a long time coming. I got to pick this movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and why did you pick it? Because that if anyone were to were to ask me if you know if you could recommend one movie, if you could sit down and discuss one movie, like this would be the movie. That I would, unless it was straight comedy, in which I would probably say me, myself, and Irene. So if you guys ever do that, I would like to be on that Wait, one. Wait, really? I mean, that would be like for a straight comedy? That's your yeah, answer? Yeah. I found that movie to be pretty funny. At the last 15 minutes, you don't have to watch, but the first like 
hour is, is I like that movie. Is, uh, I just I don't I know that it it is that high up there for me. That's interesting. There's a guy who just started working in my office and he's like super pale and it like it was the first time I thought about me myself and Irene in ages because oh. he was Casper. <laughs> uh, what do they call him? Chalk he's or trying something? Trying to bring in his little sunshine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Care for your peel. It does have two of my favorite like big physical comedy moments when he throws himself over the railing at that like zoo or park mm-hmm. or wherever they are uh-huh. and his head pops back up mid fall uh, yeah, from like out of frame. Rolling, yeah. uh, and then the whole thing with the car towards the end, which I think might be where uh, the movie actually loses people, I think is like pretty exceptional physical comedy. Is that like when yeah. he gets revved up as? Whatever his oh, alter ego is, and yeah, it's like a slow motion punching thing where he gets all amped up, but it's Jim Carrey. The the uh, why are we well, talking about this? Movie? <laughs> the visual gag where he takes a shit and it goes into the smoothie. Yes, oh, that I was love brilliant. that. Yeah, you thought he was shitting on his uh, neighbor's lawn. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's amazing, though. <laughs> uh, can we say that? If there's one thing influence? we can say about Doctor Strange Love, it's that me, myself, and Irene was a great movie. Because, because <laughs> cause of the shit. And, yeah. But uh, we came here to get real about Doctor Strange Love. Yes. Doctor Strange Love is notable for being uh, a comedy, like uh, one of the original black comedies, like a very yes. dark comedy. And. Uh, because its source material was uh, uh, serious source material yes. it was Red Alert, yeah. which was just a dramatic telling of literally the exact same story. Was it a play? It was a book. It was, it was a, a book. book. And yeah. um, at the same time that Doctor Strangelove was coming out, there was a movie called Failsafe, mm-hmm. which uh, the author of Red Alert sued because he said, this is definitely based on my book. I yeah. don't know how that was ruled, but either way, it's interesting to Ar- see it play. get in Deep Impact, right? <laughs> exactly. The Dante's Peak Volcano. And exactly. the or the uh, White House down and Olympus has fallen. <laughs> you giving me the background on it definitely helps me understand oh, fair what's enough. going on. And so this oh, yeah. was mm. Stanley Kubrick's take on it. And from what I understand, when he wrote it, he could not figure out how to write it seriously yeah. and said, let's play it for humor. Yeah. It's uh the humor in it is like really fascinating too because it's ju- it's so dry it almost like establishes its own sense of humor like I right off the bat it's it's the first time I've ever laughed out loud at such dry humor yeah yeah like yeah. like like most dry humor is kind of tongue in cheek chuckle to mm-hmm. yourself funny but like gentlemen you can't fight in here this is the war room yeah it's yeah. just like you, you laugh like bah like well i think a lot that. of that is why it works so well as a dark comedy is because there's it, it's tense yeah you're you're oh are they gonna do it are they gonna do it? Are they gonna do it and the, the literal world is at stake and so the dryness has this sense of urgency that i think leads to it to be more uproariously funny than a slow-paced you know uh, dry comedy well, yeah. I think the funniest thing about it and the dry comedy plays to it is, like I, I was sort of saying this toward the end of the movie, is I feel like the movie's about process. It's all about, like, he, he has all these, like, really long shots of them going through all the different mechanical things on the airplane oh, yeah. in order to do any one task. Yeah. They have to hit a million buttons in a very specific order that are all read out of secret files that were put in a very specific order inside of a safe that they had to open with a combination that came in a very specific order. Mm. It's like all of these like processes. And that's paralleled then inside the war room <laughs> where the whole time... Like it is, ur- it's urgent from the moment that conversation starts in the war room. He says immediately, "We have 25 minutes before mm-hmm. these planes 
cross into whatever he says, like radar territory, where like Russia knows they're coming. So they they immediately set a clock, twenty five minutes, yes. and then have the most long winded conversation that's all about red tape and like, well, what are some other solutions we can come to, and how did we get this information? Mm-hmm. And like, what exactly was the phone? Yeah, they read a the, phone call transcript. Exactly, you that couldn't have just I, given the gist so of it. Oh yeah, <laughs> he well he couldn't have just opened word. with that and been like, uh, General <laughs> Ripper called and this is what's happening. Yeah. Instead, he he still. Uh, George C. Scott still maintains this weird sense of pride for the military, even yes. though like they fucked up. Yep. They yeah. fucked up as he hard as you can. Is an our boys type of mentality. Exactly. Definitely. It's it's this brotherhood that they have. But at the same time, the president is worried first about his legacy, second about keeping propriety in the room that he's in, and third about the actual destruction of the world. And, yeah, yeah. and both and of these tremendous egos, one that's big and animated, and one that is just very straightforward, yeah. is is like so such a clash. Well, George C. Scott, to me at least is but for time and place general ripper anyway oh yeah just like with more animation and more energy like he 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 he's he's the only one who buys into it and as a as a plausible option this whole like all right we're gonna send a full attack Mm. you know what i mean just just try to catch them with their pants down is the uh, terminology that's used what's funny is i think he's supposed to be kind of like the cold and calculating one like he's supposed to be the one that sits down and is just like listen I know this all looks and sounds really bad. Yes. But if you He's think robot, about it, the robot. This is the only way we get out of this thing. Like that sort of, you know, I think he's supposed to be mm. like cold and calculating and very rational. But, but with coming with that comes like a small admitting of being wrong. Yeah. And he will not do that. No, no. but he's also a huge cartoon character. Oh, absolutely. He's one of the biggest cartoon characters in the There's movie. Two There's two distinct punchlines that it's just a cut to him with his hand on his head like yeah. a monkey yep. and it's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's interesting and to me yeah, that the other one covers his mouth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's interesting to me that they even play that though. You know what I mean? They even take that idea of like, listen, even the guy that like has the idea that's like not smart but like makes sense in its own logic, like even that is its own cartoonish kind of like evil and stupidity, you know? Oh yeah, he's the the villain in it, you don't hate him. Right. You just you almost pity him. Yeah. Because he's just that he's insane. Yeah, yeah. But he's not evil. Right. He has his own thing. Um, I just think that uh, he's not evil. Are you talking about the General Ripper? Yeah, Yeah, I wasn't talking about Ripper. I was talking about George C. Scott's character. Yeah, yeah. that's what I thought. I was was distracted for a moment for reasons. I I think he's absolutely evil. (laughs) Yeah. No, I think the Gen. I think General Ripper. I mean, his name is General Ripper. Yeah. Like I think he is. Well, well, we talked about about Turgeson. The name uh, Turgeson. Turgeson. Buck Turgeson sounds like a fifties like uh, spaceman time traveler type of hero. I think it actually might even literally be Turgidson. I I actually have to look. Is it Turgeson? Like Lee Turgeson. Because either way, it evokes that whole like this guy's a turd. You know, like, yes, it, absolutely, it, it totally it's, plays into that's that. That's how the, the 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 G and the D run into each other just enough that yeah, that's what it sounds like. But uh, no, 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 I I I think that he I, we were talking about it during yeah, the it's, movie it's that he's Buck like Turgidson. Turgidson, yep. yeah, I it's, thought it's so. It's literally Turgid. He, he uh, I I feel like he's like almost like a comic book villain in that mm-hmm. like he's decided that no. Uh, amount of lives lost comes second or comes first over the Americans triumphing in this battle. So he is the villain because he's justified for himself the annihilation of a million people, just like Adolf Hitler did, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, even though this is more talking about the red scare, it's on the heels of the end of the world war. Well, by the time you get to the end of the movie, they start making direct references to... Well, uh, yeah, I mean, Dr. Strangelove being a German... 
von Schlichtesleib yeah. or whatever his yeah. original name is. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that and that character. Which doesn't come in. When, when is Doctor Strange Love? It's oh, a I good know he's halfway in, through yeah, the movie. Not, I mean, I think even longer than yeah. halfway. He's it's not introduced until the third act of the movie. Really, yeah. I remember thinking, "Where's this Strange Love exactly. character?" Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, that it's like a like a Led Zeppelin title. It's like is the the title of the song in the song? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, let's start at the very beginning of the movie. Yes. Uh, it opens up with a straight up cold open, uh, white text on black screen mm-hmm. that. Even before like the uh, the uh, production Star credits, Wars style. it's just like, hey, the uh, what does it say? Like uh, the it's military saying, assures saying, you that this is I, absolutely yeah, impossible. Yeah, it, it is the uh, please it, do not be afraid. You know. Yeah, it is. It is the uh, it says the official like statement of the military that the events in this movie are are are, are fictional well, and well, and yeah. basically impossible to happen. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. it's kind of saying like. It, it's just a an ass cover. It's a yeah, yeah. saying like. Well, Listen, the thing is, I don't even think it's an ass cover so much as I think that's a joke. Do you think they had I to think do it? it it's I like think, the trailers think, that play before Tropic that, Thunder. The fake trailers both. that play I that. This movie plays like a documentary. I'm willing like that. to bet that it's both. That mm-hmm. that that there was something said. Like, oh, listen, I'm sure there's a reason. Listen, legally, you yeah. you can't just put this movie out here and have people thinking you that have to say something about exactly. it. Exactly. So and he decided to say it in that way. In the same sense that he decided to take this dark movie and make it a comedy he turned that like official statement he had to make almost as made it a joke and, and, and into the what you were saying about like how it's you know this this whole red tape thing they yeah. got to do so much to get through yeah. you know get through the thing that's just another piece of it right there yeah, yeah. steps just to get this movie out. We put yeah. there's bureaucracy, a lot of themes exactly. and things like that in this movie definitely and so then from there it goes from the 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 cold you know white text black screen to this also, it's kind of an impressive shot because you know they actually had to do it because the, this yeah. could not have been done with computers because the the year there's multiple and shots. It's, uh, multiple <laughs> shots of of planes that are refueling midair. Essentially, In a very it, it's done provocatively, erotic way. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> very sexual. It has, but it has that kind of like uh, le- leave it to Beaver sexuality because yeah. it has that old fashioned music that's just it's in black and white. You know, yeah. the, the you, credits you get a are feeling done the planes like are married. Like a sitcom and this is almost. You brought out the hand drawn. It's uh, yeah. credits. It's almost like an early sitcom, or like the Adams Family was. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it's. Well, I think it's supposed to imply that like this is something beautiful. This is a picture of Amer- of like you know the American ideal. Oh, brought the, to the life. planes are married. They're definitely yeah. married. Yes. Like you get the feeling this is a, this is a thing. It, yeah. In you a weird way, it represents. Well, yeah. You also <laughs> the one flinched at the other yeah. <laughs> when the wing went up. You don't look at me when we refuel. <laughs> well, you also. Why do you like always <laughs> want to refuel me from behind? <laughs> <laughs> well, that was the line for that. You, uh, you're, pretend, you're pretending I'm one of those stealth fighters, aren't you? <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> you also get the information about ten minutes later that the reason those planes are refueling is because they're in always in the air. You know, yeah, what I like in, about the, those in the reality, planes, you can't hear them either. Sorry, yeah. they're still. Um, my planes are still fighting. I'm going with that. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm done. Go for it. <laughs> uh, I totally lost it. I don't know. Uh, planes are always. Ref- are oh yeah, they're always the refueling. They're always in the air, mm-hmm. uh, which is ridiculous. Yeah, uh, but they, they, they in that. the reality of this movie, these planes are in the air 24 yeah. seven. So they're always refueling, it's like living in a submarine. So it's like, yeah, and so it's like the idea that. You know, it's shot as this sort of pornographic thing, but it's also got this very like American kind of like music background to it. Yeah. To me, is like the whole point they're trying to make is just like this is this is the purest depiction of the American dream realized. Oh, absolutely! Like, yeah, this is how good we are. At we protecting can defend ourselves. Yeah, we can defend ourselves by suspending men. Yes. in the air. Yes. If, 
for indefinitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, we are the ultimate power, and this is the ultimate depiction of that ultimate power. Our planes fucking over, military. over our <laughs> militarily. Enemies yeah, militarily, oh, absolutely. definitely. Military position. Yeah. And they're, uh, yeah, this this movie's a lot about cock size, is basically what it we're It really is, at. though, and I think that's really that's what it sets contest. up. And it's show, don't tell, too, because yeah. that tells us the story about the plane and what's happening. Because you know, that's one of our three uh, set pieces is inside mm. this plane. Uh-huh. And uh, but yeah, it starts off with that. It's it's a the whole thing is just, you know, it, it's it's essentially distilling the the whole war is just a dick measuring contest mm-hmm. to an almost literal uh, fashion. Well, I but that's how they introduce it, and it, it's not a direct introduction. They don't say it, but it puts that idea out there. And I feel like that really reaches its culmination when he's on the phone talking about how he's going to blow up his own planes, and then they're having a competition as to who's more sorry over the situation. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And he's like, no. He's like, no, I'm sorry. You know, I understand you're sorry. Okay, you're sorrier than I am. No, wait, no, wait. You know what? I am, yeah. I'm sorry, too. I'm just as capable of being as sorry as you are. <laughs> Don't like, tell me I'm not capable of being sorry. Okay, then we're both. Uh, well, it's like that agree to disagree. Okay, we're both equally sorry. Mm-hmm. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. I thought that was one of the best parts was the one-sided phone conversations yes. oh absolutely because it Genius. just added like so much more to it than like because i mean it just allows you to imagine what the hell is actually going on through mm, the yeah. russian accent yeah <laughs> and apparently that was peter sellers just riffing you know oh, like really? doing that's stuff what that's yeah. what i've heard and but even in the, in the the early part where the girls talking over the phone those one-sided conversations mm-hmm. are funny as well how like we were talking oh, about how so how funny. the immediate responses she was giving for that seemed to have longer answers because yes. it took her longer to convey the uh, information. And she's also conveying information that's very specific. In it's, Ex- it would seem exactly the way it was given to her. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Like yeah, like yeah, she's like, not mincing words. She would be like uh, verbatim. So, like, she's like a stenographer. What was the? Uh, I can't. No, I can't think of it. It was. It was funny text speak. Yeah, yeah. Because she was like, you know, uh, so uh, what kind of information you have? Oh yeah, so the you know the. Jawoff Laser C62 is moving in on the 65 beats. Like yeah, yeah. Tried, too yeah, much time, not enough info. Personally, all the phone lines are <laughs> yeah. down. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like it's just like it was maybe a split second, mm. and she's just like, "Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's interesting." Anywho, you know. Yeah, the the, the definitely, but I that's that that's what I had heard is that the uh, the the conversations where he's talking to the the uh, prime minister or whatever from uh, Russia mm. is. Just him speaking and responding to nothing, mm-hmm. and and it's just what and no one knew what he was going <laughs> to say necessarily, but that's what came out. And I think yeah, that speaks the to the whole like miscommunication being or non-communication being the the whole reason this movie happens. You mm-hmm. know, the, it's the red tape, and we get a taste of that because anytime two people are conversing, we're only getting one side of it, and it leads to comedy. Uh, how they frame it here, but it also like we get a sense of that detachment that nobody's really making any connection to one another. Well, because everyone's trying to follow their little process. The miscommunication uh, theme you're talking about too ex- it presents itself in so many different ways. Mm-hmm. Like there's miscommunication between uh, the actual, uh, like the let's say the miscommunication between Ripper and uh, what's his name Mandrake. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like he's this. He's just a crazy person. Who, who's trying to convey this information to a normal person. Yeah. So it's just like there's nothing going on. Then there's the... Oh, the and actual, vice versa, too. He's yeah. trying to yeah, convince trying him, to like, hey, give me those, the code. Yeah, and then with the the, sh- the, the ship, yep. the communication being cut off mm-hmm. by... by, by uh, by accident mm-hmm. because of the, the explosion and then the communication being cut off to the base mm-hmm. beca- by rippers 
demand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of that theme like throughout mm-hmm. the movie, though. Absolutely. As far as breaking communication, though, in many different ways, whether it be chance or or uh, design or or language, just, just yeah, or just yeah, just simple miscommunication between two unlike minds. Even just having him play off the 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 Russian guy. Yeah, when I mean, he would go into Russian, and it was like we all go, "What? What is he we saying?" All, yeah, well, I have a, Ru- a girl, a girlfriend who speaks Russian, so I officially oh, really? have a translator for those moments in the movie, <laughs> which I don't remember. I just keep on asking her to translate yeah. every single time I watch <laughs> the movie. <laughs> There's also lots of examples of over-explanation in the movie, which is what was really interesting to me. Uh, of like these, pro- especially on the plane, these processes they have to go through. Uh, so there, and in the room too. There's there's like a lot of over explanation. It's it's sort of like they they're either not able to communicate at all. There's like a lack of communication, or there's a forced sort of over communication to disti- to sort of not distill the information to di- to distort the information. Uh, yeah. You know of, what I mean? Of the simplest things that yes. are to be understood. Exactly. It's like we get it. This guy is a fucking crazy person, yeah. and and he started this whole process because of the implements that were in place. Yeah. And but would they have to go through? Oh, it's this is the wing attack plan R, and exactly. it was bar under this bill in case of this would happen. And you got to have this three letter code that gets changed every day, and, and this only the ex- this guy has the code because exactly. we put this specific plan in place. It's it's uh it's all of this like over communication. There's a lot of protocol. The best part is that means formality. the last minute of this, all people were hearing is. Oh, I'm sorry. I was I couldn't get comfy, <laughs> and I had to move the the microphone around. I'm sorry, guys. Yeah, if we weren't just attacked by a, a dinosaur or something. <laughs> I like how they turned that into a visual gag, though. Yes. To, and then you see that in like a whole bunch of other parts, like when they had like the swinging doors in that highly mm-hmm. secure like computer yeah, lab. Yeah, like it's a saloon. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. It, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, oh, I love the sets in this movie. That was something I, w- I thought was interesting. You can tell how cheap this movie is. Yes. Like how easy it would have been to make this movie, essentially. It's really like kind of four sets that mm-hmm. they just cut back and forth between. Mm. Uh, and and, and they're all really good, like nice-looking sets, but they're, just, but they're actually very simple as well. They're all these yeah. very stark, simple settings, uh, and they just cut back and forth between them. It plays like a play. That's why I asked if it was a play, actually. It, it plays like something you could do you on could stage. You could do it as a play. You could yeah. absolutely do it so, as a play. Yeah. Yeah, you could actually, actually probably really pretty easily do it as a play. play. Yeah, that would be fun to watch. It would Someone be a fun. That right. would totally be a fun play to yeah. watch. Rotating stage. There yeah. you go. Boom. <laughs> Let's do it, guys. You ready? Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, now we just need someone that. to play everybody. We need. <laughs> we need to find our Peter Sellers. <laughs> <laughs> All right, who has the least amount of lines? I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the um. <laughs> bad thing to start talking and then drink. It's all right. Well, I'm sorry. Just, just made it weird for everybody. That's <laughs> fine. <laughs> I don't know, you know, I don't know. And? Make it weird for anybody. Uh, you know, the whole lack of communication thing. Uh, so I don't know if I want to jump to the end of the movie yet, but I think I'm on to something with, with Gen- I, General Ripper. Who is essentially free to jump just around, he, I feel. He lost, his, uh, he lost his mind because he's impotent. Yeah, oh, yeah. I N- thought that was really think, interesting uh, when you no, brought that see, up. No, see, that's not how I got it. I felt... I, see, I totally think that's see, what they're going he, for. He says that I, from the, the speech he gives, he, it makes it sound like he came... Mm. And then he talks about how he feels fatigued and empty and empty. Yeah, I actually no. took a uh, uh, an underlying like homosexual thing from it uh, that he that it, there was like an emptiness to having sex with a woman. He realized, yeah, uh, okay. and then he just to like rage against this ideal that he was against. He just became this like war machine. You know what I mean? He just becomes this <laughs> insane. So I felt it was an impotency thing because he said we were at the height See, of I, physical. I like that though. I, I understood love that making. when you said it. Yeah, and he uh, and. 
I don't know if that necessarily means he came, but I think it meant you know like he the loss of fluid he's lying to himself a little bit. Came that he came because this, he's this ego that loss. he doesn't want to lose because mm-hmm. each character has this ego that they don't. No one wants to admit they're wrong and then just do it, you know, and fix the problem. Mm-hmm. It's all this red tape and euphemistic over-explaining and just stretching out time. And uh, he does that when if he just said like you know I'm impotent, I'm uncomfortable, now I want to blow shit up, mm-hmm. but it turned into this. You know, he realized it was the water that did this to him. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah. That's why he couldn't get it up. The water did it to him. Mm-hmm. And, oh, you know, he's poisoning. The Russians are poisoning the water with their fluoride and blah, blah, blah. And then he, you know, he loses this. But at the same time, I feel like that, that the way he's explaining it is almost a product of, you know, the, the military lifestyle that he has. He's talked himself into that this is, that procedure is what has resulted in his inability to get a boner. Yeah, I, I I actually really like that explanation a lot. I think that mm. that is very interesting to me because I think that is if that's what is going on, that's like a very interesting perspective to put in the middle of all of this as well. well I like, think with the, the almost literal depiction of planes fucking, yeah. like this whole thing is about war being the big big dick contest. Russia's plan is to say we built something that if you even look at us funny, will destroy the world, and we can't turn it off. Check out that dick. You're fucked. And by the end of the movie, a Nazi essentially convinces the president of the United (laughs) States to move underground and start a new society by simply saying, we'll each get ten women. By by choreographing who, like, basically eugenics. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and what I love is it is kind of that, like, choreographing (laughs) eugenics and stuff, but I actually distinctly get the impression from uh, Peter Sellers' performance that although, yes, all of those things will be true in the scenario he's Mm. describing... Oh, at its heart. He's not... Yeah, exactly. He's not saying, like... And the reward is ten women. He's like, and I thought of all of this because I'll get yeah. to have ten women at yeah. the end. Yeah. Of oh, it. absolutely! Like that—that's the whole well, they even motivation. Say at a point, like, well, in order to further the race, we're gonna have to get the women of the finest pedigree. You know, <laughs> they'll be attractive, and like that's there's no actual literal reason to have that. Well, Beautiful I've, people have the ugliest babies sometimes. There's no reason, but they're just like, we'll get hot ones. We'll I've, get hot ones in our underground fuck tube. You know, like we'll get this. I feel like that's and another, you'll get to be there. You're I'm, the high, You're the general. You're the yeah. president. They're all like, oh yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's another theme of the movie, though, is that there's a lot of logic that, when 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 stated in singularity, is 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 pretty sound as far mm-hmm. as the plans for. Uh, uh, the wing attack plan R and how it's mm-hmm. it's supposed to be a fail safe mm-hmm. if mm-hmm. you know the president gets to that there's not you know we don't lose power and stuff there's someone to make that decision and in the same logic of General Ripper in in cutting off and using that plan to start his own war basically mm-hmm. like a lot of the logic is sound and even mm. even when at the end when he's talking about how you know like well obviously it's going to be important to have political figures mm-hmm. and for us to have beautiful women so that we're stimulated because mm-hmm. all we have to do is produce mm-hmm. we don't want to be bored mm-hmm. you know what i mean the logic is there mm-hmm. but when you put it all together it makes this very fucked up compound uh, a contrasting logic that just bumps into each other mm-hmm. and and that's what like makes the movie like just kind of bumbling but like st- it, it somehow carries through mm. and then it ends just with i can walk and then stock footage of yeah. huge <laughs> hydrogen bomb explosions <laughs> which was a great way to end it too and I'm, i bet you that sounds for for a 
for a Stanley Kubrick movie, <laughs> it's a bit of a cop out for him. <laughs> but what, what but it's I think great. It calls back the beginning because at the end, those big nuclear explosions are somewhat because they use the, a similar music cue. Yes, they make it an almost sexual it's more thing. at the end. You know, they do the exact. It's the release. That's yeah, that's the that's the, the come of this yeah. whole thing. Yeah. it's a it's a dick waving contest at at its heart, great. and it, it's in every single level of of the whole thing, but. It's interesting too, because you like from what you guys just said, like oh maybe it's a cop out of an ending. So it's like an ending that maybe makes you feel a little empty inside afterwards, or yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like it's. <laughs> Do you feel dehydrated you get, after you watching get, this you movie? Get the re- it's what the it's what General Ripper was describing. You get the release, but it's not really what you expected. But cracked it, guys. <laughs> Doctor Strangelove is a movie about jacking off alone. Yeah. <laughs> And it took four men in a room together watching <laughs> it to figure that out. So, <laughs> and a fair amount of pizza. Wow, but yeah, I that that's that's I a funny. See, I feel like that's <laughs> perfect. The, the ending was, I, I say cop out, but I really don't mean it in a negative way. Right. But we talk about how like he kind of didn't know how to approach it, uh, and so he approached it comically. And then mm. I'm sure at a certain point he was like, "How do I end this?" Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean. There's like, all these balls and it was in just the like, air. "Oh wait, this the, the title character who's in a wheelchair, his entire." presence in the movie just starts walking and then that's the end of the movie roll credits what, you know? what is his condition because i feel like his condition is only his that condition he's is so hard fighting his his inherent nazism yeah. that it yeah. cripples him yeah <laughs> for those who haven't really seen it before it the character dr strange love the the right side of his body his, <laughs> his like hand is wearing a, a black glove and he and he can't he has no control over it. It, it hands things to him at one point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it starts. It attacks him. It chokes him. It it, it tries to move his wheelchair while he's <laughs> yeah. talking to other people. Yeah. It's it's a nuisance. <laughs> um, but <laughs> but and his leg too. If you notice, when he stands, even his legs yep. twitched like yeah, just a, yeah. a certain way. So to a, but uh, yeah, like it's just. And then the, the lad, like I said, the last the the literally the last shot of people. Before it's just explosions, <laughs> is him getting up out of his uh, chair and Doesn't very say emphatically Fuhrer, saying, "Mind Fuhrer, well, I can walk." Yes, yeah. is when they first start explaining the idea of living in their underground fuck tube. Yeah. As he starts getting into it, and and it it becomes more and more like uh, like uh, he, he j- it gets more and more uh, What's the word? Like the way the uh, the Third Reich was. You know, it just starts to get more and more controlling. The, the Nazi starts to take over. Yeah. Uh, and then when it finally gets to the point where they're just like, oh, yeah, we'll be underground fucking hot women for hundreds of years for America. Yeah. He like explodes into Nazi. Yeah. It's it's wild. He's it, back. Yeah, he's back. Like, oh, he doesn't have to hide it anymore to, mm-hmm. to live amongst the Americans because yep. now it's going to be the same. Like, and, and you said this uh, when we were talking before the podcast started. The uh, As the idea moves closer to eugenics, essentially, yeah. is when Dr. Strangelove just sheds it and is like, I'm an American Nazi. Uh, <laughs> I fit in. Yeah. 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 Wasn't that a Green Day album? <laughs> American Nazi, wasn't it? Might as well have been. Something like that. Yeah, it might as well have been those jerks with their bad music. <laughs> well, after like 1995, bad See, music. See, I'm of the opinion that they've gotten so bad that I can't even listen to their really good stuff. Because I'm just no, like, I've had stuff ruined bad. for me before. That's Ugh. fine. And it just bugs me. Uh, that's that's totally acceptable. You feel it? Leaves a right, bad cool. taste in your was mouth. This, I got a weird off. question. Was this an early Kubrick movie? Like, where does this fall in his career? Oh, uh, you know what? I actually relatively. don't know. I think... It's 63 is the date of production. So as far that's as... pretty early. ...movie he's directed. Yeah. Because I know he's involved in things before he yeah. directed his first film, but... 
I would think it was in his first two, three or four films. Because it's not the one thing it's, I was noticing. It's before the whole... 2001. That was 64, 65 or something yeah. like that. That was a couple years after. Because it, it's, it's way <laughs> less refined than a lot of his other movies, I think. Um, there's, there's a lot of... Uh, it doesn't seem as organized. It, it doesn't it, seem. It as jumps uh, around. I feel a lot more than his other movies. Yeah. Well, yeah. I even mean just in composition too, like the way the shots are composed and the way yeah. the camera moves. It doesn't feel as measured or as confident as uh, a lot of his other work. There's a lot of stock footage in this as well, That's as true. far as the military and the explosions yeah. and the planes. Yeah. So that kind of it feels out of place because it happens. I mean, it happens in the beginning and the end, but the the. Um, the uh the 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 war shots yes. the, those are happening in the middle of the movie right right so yeah he did Spartacus and Lolita before this yeah and that's it interesting and I know I thought it was one of his first because Lolita films. I think is a little more measured than this so maybe that was partially a choice and did some shorts as well well we also established well, that Paths of Glory was fifty seven yeah and I know that was because like before that was the killing and I mm-hmm. I don't think that was like a big thing. Mm-mm. But um, and he had other other stuff for that. But Spartacus was nineteen sixty. Paths of Glory was fifty seven. So I, I think he was pretty well established after uh, uh, what's it called, Spartacus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he and got so this project. And he wasn't was he wasn't coming out of anywhere. No, I know. I, I was just curious because of the yeah. filmmaking itself, whether it was made this way as a choice or this was just an earlier Kubrick. I think it was definitely a choice. Yeah. I mean, even what you were saying about the sets. Yeah. And then Kev, you said something where we were watching it about the war room. About uh, how you saw modeled, some, there was a, a room like, that actually yeah the like government model uh, I'm not sure what country but yeah, it was a huge but a, table but a, they, well, they the modeled their uh, their an off room with it with the uh, all the uh, politicians well there are rooms like that that honestly that where sound just carries well yeah and yeah. maybe that was like designed around that so that they just didn't have to have microphones because microphones can be recorded and nobody's trusted in the war room. I thought it was interesting when they were doing the sound from, like, they were getting, like, the uh, the sky shots, I guess, of the war room. Like, the sound was definitely different. Didn't, they didn't keep the same soundtrack. Mm. I noticed voices. that, too, the sound oh, they ADR uh, bounced yeah. around a little bit. They weren't, they, because, the, 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 yeah, the, the faraway shots weren't with mic'd up guys. They were, the, the mic, I don't know if it was what type of mic they were using, but... The, they were just using a boom mic or something, just getting the ambient mm-hmm. noise that I guess was still, like I said, the, the room must have been designed as far as uh, 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 acoustically to mm-hmm. to still be clear, uh, even if just one person's talking. I think a lot of the far shots were ADR'd over too. There's just where they put the sound on after. Oh, right. yeah, I think there was a couple because that's so? when it like yeah when it I think in the shots like that, that you're talking about that that. Not necessarily. Like they sounded far sure. away. Yeah, they yeah. sounded yeah, like yeah. they should from where the camera yeah, was. Yeah, exactly. Mm. You're from like you were the up. perspective yeah. of the camera. Like that's how you were watching from. But yeah, I, I totally uh, know what you're talking about. Mm. It's cool. It's an interesting. That's the thing. There's a lot of kind of odd little plot or uh, like shot devices like that that are employed. Like the like it all. There'll be kind of like some like ambient noise, and then it'll just be like a direct shot of someone, and then it's like completely silent, and it's just them talking, and usually Ripper. But oh, uh, uh, let's talk about one thing I love about Ripper is he's always smoking his cigar, but he he's either uh, he's either smoking it or he's looking at it, mm-hmm. yeah. and he's like twirling it around in his fingers and almost marveling at at yeah. his own inherent genius, which is psychosis. I mean, the man blows his head off, presumably. Uh, behind that door mm-hmm. I but i love how how he's he's villainous but it's I, I pity him in a way he's not a he's not a uh he doesn't seem like a bad guy he just seems so lost 
But it, it, it manifests in that comic book villainous. It's yeah. It's so he, funny. Well, he, and if we want to talk about how we, he may or may not have been impotent, he does always have that humongous cigar in his mouth. Yeah. And that That's, giant gun. I better send a gun he holds, pulls out of. He holds uh, wrongly uh, and yeah. just shoots from the crotch. Out of his, yeah, his golf uh, barrel bag. Pulls. Yeah. Yeah. That was that was that was funny the way that he did that because I, I think Kubrick is a filmmaker who who is like that, attention yeah. to detail it, oriented. That's what I mean, the way this and was so made the way is, he grabs yeah. the gun in a way that is not the way Correct, you grab yeah. gun. I mean yeah. Kubrick wanted to have actual for um it's not past the glory it's the uh it's the other full metal jacket no not full metal jacket uh it's the older one. I'll get to it. He wanted to have like the real weapons for it. Uh, Michael mm. Mann does it. Like with Public Enemies, he mm. had a uh, real, gun? yeah, the Tommy gun, but then they just snipped it or whatever, so it wouldn't be a uh, an actual gun. It would just shoot blanks. Yeah. And uh, I don't know how it works. Gun science. <laughs> and uh, I didn't see that MythBusters guys. And uh, it's uh, he's holding this gun by the nozzle with his hand. And uh, those are fo- folks at home. You can't see my hands, but he's yeah, holding the, the end of like a giant gun. Rambo gun <laughs> yeah. with his hand, and it would just blow his hand off. Oh, yeah. uh, and yeah. Kubrick's the kind of filmmaker that would be like, cut, fake, do it again, you know? Yeah. And instead, it was like, no, do that. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It yeah. kind of looks like you're jacking off. That's hilarious. Go. Yeah. And it, that, that, it fits that actually in that would theme. be how you handled it, kind of with two hands, if it was that big, to kind of mm-hmm. oh, yeah. put that arm out there, just to rest. Barry Lyndon was the movie I was thinking of. Oh, oh yeah. okay. And so, yeah, this was actually his last movie before. Uh, Space Odyssey, mm. and uh, that's what a drastic difference between those two movies. Yeah, that's a. But also, it's uh, it is a uh, they're they're both about a failure of just a, a failure of communication happens yeah. that sets it off. Yeah, I mean, and a miscalculation and a well calculated scheme of things. Yeah, absolutely. You know? He had to go through a lot of red tape essentially to uh, fix Hal. The yeah, you know, he tried logic, he tried Hal. everything exactly. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, and it's just a, a, mis- Thanks, a single Steinbeck. miscommunication. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's Space Odyssey about? Um, it's about a spaceship. Oh, yeah, we should let the audience know this was Kevin Lau's first Stanley Kubrick movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's why I'm oh, sound confused. And yeah, oh, I mean, I've seen snippets of Eyes Wide Shut, but that's just because, like, I was a teenager and wanted to see boobs. Oh, yeah. 2001 A Space Odyssey is a... I don't want to say too much about it if you had because you haven't seen it i know they use centrifugal force to implement gravity in the spaceship yeah <laughs> that they do it's like when he it's goes jogging at the beginning yeah. they show it it's, and it's, it's awesome. kind of it's an incredible. alien movie well, it's kind of a lot that. of things mm-hmm. it's interesting but it's it's supposed to be an alien movie and it's about a guy in the a malfunctioning computer and in, in its very basic form I think it's a goddamned masterpiece one of the closest things to a perfect film it, i've ever seen it, in my life it's incredible. Better or worse than Gravity? Um, I think Gravity is more rewatchable and exciting. Yeah. But if you want to sit down and like just see a movie where you leave and you're like, things are different now in my head forever, mm-hmm. 2001 will rock your rock to your core. It's a very trippy movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's it's it like you said. It's it's quite contrasting to this and how they're both they both have a a power to them. I think, mm-hmm. but um, like you said, like. Bigger budget, grander ideas. Yeah, I'm sure. Well, I, I guess not necessarily. It might yeah. not have caught too much of a bigger budget because it wasn't that. Uh, I don't know. I, I would imagine 2001 cost quite a bit of money, even at the time. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was... They built some crazy big sets for that movie. Yeah, that's true. The spaceship stuff. There was... I saw 2001 at a midnight screening once. 
And it was one of those, uh, it wasn't like a rowdy screening or anything. It was yeah. just, it was at one of the Ritzes, like one of the, the, the Ritz Five, the quieter Ritz. No, it was the Ritz East. And it was just a, you know, it was like a nice crowd. And then uh, the beginning happens. And, bah, 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 and, bah, bah, and the whole theater cheers. And this is this good thing. And then this yeah. dude in the third row stands up and he's like, I hope that nobody's acting up during the movie because some of us want to watch it. And as soon as he finished, everyone just goes, <laughs> like screaming boos. Thank God. And then we were jerk. all respectful during the movie. Like we weren't going to do anything after that. Yeah. It was it was amazing. Well, he allowed you to get it all out at once. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was the ultimate just you know release. He gave us the purge. I wonder if he took the bullet on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, was <laughs> he puts on a vest, goes back to selling he, candy. He sits down. <laughs> he's like, they should be good for the rest of the movie. <laughs> he doesn't even sound like that. They responded well. They responded well. They'll behave. I think that was enough. I don't think they'll talk for the rest. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of the few movies I've seen that has an intermission. Oh, I mean, really? It's yes. not that it's that. I mean, it is long. It's Actually, no. Particularly long, uh, but it just has Monty like a Python's The Meaning of Life has an intermission. Yes. <laughs> oh, it's one of the first. One of the first. The, um, I love that intermission. It's yeah. a fucking oh, hilarious yeah. movie, too. I think this is one of the first movies that uses funky tech speak, which is a brilliant gag, any, yes. any kind of thing. <laughs> and, but they play it as straight, like... There's no wink and a nod in this. They mm. just completely, you know. There's there's literally the line like the uh, the auto destruct the auto destruct blew itself up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> must have gotten so damaged and blew funny. itself up. Yeah, just, it's like yeah. Well, shouldn't it? Is that what <laughs> it should do? I think that's all it knows so. how to do. <laughs> Did anybody catch the line? There was a. This is not a techno speak line, but it just it made me laugh really hard when. Um, uh, Ripper is talking to what is uh, Sellers' British officer's name? Mandrake. Mandrake, yeah. Uh, did anybody catch Mandrake's line where he references himself as part of the officer exchange program? Yes. yes. So yes. that's why he's working on yeah. the base. Yeah. And, and, and in a, a very stern guy. way, he's like, he's just like, you know, he's like, oh, no, no, it was. Uh, Ripper it was Ripper's him, the one maybe? who mentions yeah. it. He's like, don't you don't think that because you know you're in the officer exchange program that gives you any special prerogatives? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's an interesting thing that that he uses that language tick with prerogatives. Yeah. And the the other guy it's later prevert. uh, preverts yeah. with your preversions. <laughs> You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to answer to Coca-Cola. Yeah, he's like, yeah, <laughs> but if so this, yeah, if this, if this phone call turns out to be fake, you're gonna have to answer the. If you can't get company. on the phone with the president, yeah. and actually, wait, the the president has a great name. Uh, oh shit! They I only mention it once, but it's a dorky, stupid name. I forget. Oh, it's, it's the worst name ever. Yeah, it's it, a, That's a, that's that's another funny thing is that a person named this would never be president of the United States anymore. We're not in a country that would elect a Herbert Hoover or anything like that again. You got to have <laughs> a fucking, you got to have a Clint Eastwood name. Clint Eastwood. That's a good name. I can see why Marty picked it for Back to the Future. World's waiting Merkin for Muffley. Merkin, Merkin Muffley. Mu President Merkin Muffley. And That's hilarious. There's no way in, in, in hell that a president named Merkin Muffley gets elected. Oh, never. Mark, Mark. Mark Muffley. <laughs> Was no, it? but that's the thing. All the all the all that's the negative campaigns will be team. like, "Do you know that a Merkin yeah. is a is that's is, is a toupee <laughs> for a pu for a female pubic hair?" Dun dun dun. Merkin for Merka. Yeah, that sounds like a very patriotic president. <laughs> yeah, Merk 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 Merkin Mifflin. Merkin Muffley was it? Mifflin. Mifflin. If it's Merkin, it's working. Merk Muffley. Says that he's gonna lower taxes. 
but he's really going to destroy the earth with the help of Russia. It's true. It came true. <laughs> now the Mercury in the morning. So Peter Sellers plays what? Four people. He plays Three. Mandrake. Plays Strange Love. Oh, yeah, president. he plays the president, Mer- yes. Merkley. Mer- I think, <laughs> actually, um, another uh, little known fact is he was actually supposed to play the, I believe it's the uh, the pilot of the airplane as well. Okay. But wow. he actually hurt himself during filming and couldn't get around in that little cockpit. Uh, so they found someone else to do it. Who and was and that? plus, it would have been such it, a task yeah. anyway. Was that somebody? Slim Pickens. Pilot. Slim Pickens. Yeah. That's the guy from, uh, like I said, his other biggest role would be Blazing Saddles. Saddles. Okay. Yeah. But he was, as I said before, he... Uh, he came up through the, the a way through Hollywood that you can't do anymore, where you're just a yeah. real cowboy until you're oh, a movie that, cowboy. That was the guy. You're yeah, about. he's a. Uh, it's yeah. just how it worked back and then. And then you could uh, do Kevin that. and I both named a person that has done it recently, and Danny Trejo and yeah, Danny Trejo, <laughs> Jason Statham. Jason Statham. Yeah, well, he was. I mean, he, they weren't cowboys; they were hustlers. They're modern uh, Danny cowboys. Danny Trejo was a was a murder. No, I don't think he was metaphor. a murderer. I think he was just a. I think yeah. I think he was just brawler. in prison. Probably. Uh, for he was just thinking about brawling. For a crime so he, he didn't commit. Fouling. No. The uh, but uh, he plays he plays all th- all three of them, and I don't think if I was looking for it that I would immediately note that it was one person. No. That is truly a deep you, commitment to the character. You may have picked up because Mandrake's clearly wearing a. Uh, Oh, a yeah, mustache. mustache. So yeah. maybe you could have put it together, maybe him and the president a little with the makeup. Mm. But the Doctor Strangelove character is very difficult because of the voice and then the the sunglasses over the top. A bit. Yeah, the mm. hair that's like distracting. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, because he's then his, so bald. His right hand president. is part of his character, so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it takes attention away from his face at times. Is he actually bald, or does he have the hair like Mandrake? Because I was trying to figure out whether it was a really like, like the Mandrake. best bald cap. Yeah, I've I was ever say, seen. he never had bald. Okay, because uh, that was he a good was never bald. bald. That never looked bald so head. realistic. Perhaps the black and white helped. Yeah. Superior set of hair for uh, Peter Sellers, 1963. Now we know. <laughs> I thought George C. Scott was awesome. In oh, yeah. he's great. He was so funny. He there were scenes where like all he was doing was darting his eyeballs back and forth really mm. fast, and it was like just really funny to see. He seems coked out. I mean, he was clearly partying the night before. Yeah, <laughs> all of this with his with his lovely lady. Yeah, the, but yeah, the gum chewing. Like he's yeah. Of all the characters, he's probably he's the most like coked like, out. I think. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He he's seems like he's legit. He has the out. most like things you could describe about him, like yeah. of anyone, oh, yeah. because he's just so all over the place. Like he's like gung ho military mm. guy. He's also like you know pimping out his secretary. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Who's t- t- sunbathing in his bed mm-hmm. and then relaying important information to mm. him while he's in the bathroom. And then he's the guy who uh, is all, uh, all like defensive and super like, yeah, we don't want the Ruskies in here mm-hmm. and they'll see the big board. And yeah, yeah, that was one of my favorite gags. They just kept calling it the big board and never explaining what information was and the there war that would want. The, the yeah. vagary of, yes. of it and how important it is, is the oh, yeah. big board and the war room. Mm-hmm. Well, that exists just for war. And that's like a that's like a multi-million yeah. dollar establishment that they have set up there it's yeah. just for wars. Gymnasium. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but what um, I like about the of technology. We have this had excess of yeah. Well, <laughs> exactly. We had excess of tech speak system, yeah. in the 
smaller sectors. Like on the plane, there's all this tech speak and there's all the codes for the military men. But the yeah. men who control the military, like they couldn't possibly understand no, all yeah. that. No. So all they have is like, this is the war room, that is the board, and this, this man will explain table. it to you. You yeah, know, and yeah. like that's all they get. The war room had a buffet table. Yeah, so absolutely. I and feel it's, like it's that, that really lack of communication that separates them from these soldiers who know all of that and are completely silently just happily willing to die without even they're like oh yeah we're all gonna crash and die and we're gonna nuke everybody in the process they, they and, uh, reserved themselves. let's do it for america like and, and they don't even have that they just follow the process and meanwhile these other guys are bickering about it and as far as they understand it is the board in the war room yeah it's, yeah. it's amazing we were Can't talking about that it. they were yeah. talking about that during the movie the detachment the, yeah. the idea of the way this communication it comes down the line, be it no communication or too much communication, detaches everybody from the task they're doing. So, like, these guys are able to drop, the, the guys that are actually on the plane are able to drop a nuclear bomb, no problem, because in order to do it, they have to go through the series of very menial little tasks that they've been trained to do. Mm. And so once they get far enough into the process, it's like this weird rote thing, and they it disconnects them from the impact of what they're about to do. And the same thing, that's what Jay, I was interesting about your point, is that's what happens then, too, is then you've got these guys uh, up in the this war room that are communicating in a totally different level uh, be, which is a further disconnect like they don't mm. even understand the processes that are going on down there mm. which further disconnects them from those processes and the damage that's done by those processes and then they have to have their own sort of red tape and communication on their level that separates them even further and obscures that information and that damage even further mm. so it's really fascinating it's really, I thought it was such an interesting commentary on like what how do we even get to the point where where we are are murdering people en masse like mm -hmm. <laughs> by accident yeah exactly yeah, yeah. yeah. To, to allow the, 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 to, uh, because one or two things happen and that's why the 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 a couple of my favorite George C Scott lines are uh one or well one is to him and one is from him the uh, the one the first one is when he says um you know, sir, I sir, I, I feel like it's kind of hard to condemn a whole program based on one mess up. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, but it's going to be the end of the fucking world. Yeah, yeah like and that, then, that was your job. It was to not let the world end. And then he was talking <laughs> about how, like, oh, end. like at the very end of the that scene where they're cashing through, like, what just happened in the war room. He's like, well, what do you like? Like, what do you think of the odds of us being able to stop? He's like, oh, it's impossible. He's like, he's like, General Turgeson, I'm beginning to really suspect, uh, you know, your your uh, belief as to what's possible and impossible. <laughs> you know, like he's it's he's out of his mind. But uh, yeah, like it's the 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 war room and the the miscommunication, but uh, specifically George C. Scott's kind of inability to communicate, even with the facts in front of him. Like he. He likes to, because he, he, like I said in the beginning, he kind of like, he wants this to kind of happen after it starts to happen. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So he's kind of curtailing it and not, like I said, we're not judging the general yet, you know, mm -hmm. until all the facts mm -hmm. are in, you know, well, even though. a very military mindset. Yeah. Where it's just like, well, we're in this far. Let's, let's fucking, let's do it. Well, yeah, let's go on. Let's uh, go all in. To yeah. relate it back to the dick thing, it's almost like he's like, "Well, I'm drunk, yeah. and she's not that pretty, but we're home." Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, let's uh, let's. I'm do either this. getting later. She's never talking to me again. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> like, let's mm -hmm. let's get this done. And so he and he has that mentality of that. And so I'm looking at this, and apparently, Peter Sellers was was put into this movie as multiple roles because that was actually part of his contract. Yes, that is interesting. And you sound like you know something about that. Can you no, add no, something no, no. to it? I just know that he had a lot of weird, especially back in the day then, they, they would have weird contract stipulations or or even like that might have been uh, 
was was the contract that he had to play that many roles, or is that he had to play so many roles in movies and he was trying to fill out his contract by doing X amount of roles in one movie so that he could move to another? Because this is a time when production companies owned actors, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. before like oh, free absolutely. agency yeah, and baseball, yeah. you know what I mean, and things like that. It was so he might have played the three roles to get out of a contract yeah. early. You know what I mean? He's played, this isn't the only movie he played multiple roles in, right? He's done that. Hey, here we go. It says, um, Columbia Pictures agreed to finance the film on condition that Peter Sellers play at least four major roles. They were just pushing This condition that. stemmed from the studio's opinion that much of the success of Kubrick's previous film, Lolita, was based on Sellers' performance, in which his single character assumes a number of identities. Uh, Sellers also played three roles in The Mouse That Roared. Kubrick accepted the demand, later explaining that such crass and grotesque stipulations are the sine qua non of the mo- motion picture business. And I don't know what sine qua non is. Let's click that. Um, oh, a condition without which it would not be. So I guess he just felt like he had to make the movie. Mm-hmm. So who yeah. do we blame for the clumps? Oh, God. Who d- <laughs> I guess we just blame ourselves. Because they made a second one, meaning yeah. that we all saw the first. In retrospect, Eddie Murphy quit. <laughs> let's put it <laughs> oh, yeah. let's put it out there. He, he found he a way to quit and still get paid. Material, He's yeah. still doing well. Oh, yeah. yeah. Those movies are fucking successful, if not good. Good for him. Yeah. I'd sell out in a second if given the opportunity. I, w- I, would if I, I wouldn't sell out in a second. See, that's uh, where I, if I was famous first like him for being cool mm, right. and relevant, then I, would, I wouldn't mind selling out. Although, see, he sold out pretty hard. Mm. I mean, mm. uh, he sold I think, out, he sold any, out all the well, way. Has, he we sold see, out in a way where has anyone else seen here seen Pluto work. Nash? I would know. Exactly. You know what I mean? And none of us would. Yeah. I would. I would sell out, but... But I would use the the sellout money to produce good things. But you, would you want to be? Which is what he stopped doing. Would you want to be fucking just flow from progressive your whole fucking life? Like to I me, mean, that's selling out like from the get go. Like I'm a character for a commercial. Well, I'm sure she didn't mean it to turn out. I've that seen, way. I saw her in movies before that. She's in uh, Melvin Goes to Dinner. Bob Odenkirk directed she it. Great movie. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's what kind of... But it's, it, like, independent. For shit. Judah Friedlander is, like, the only person who probably broke through that, where he was just, like, this guy who was in a fucking Dave Matthews yeah. Band video, and then he gained enough notoriety that his... Is that really where he gra- started? Yeah, oh, that was yeah. the first that's time, yeah. insane. I did not know that. Yeah. Did you meet the parents? I just this was way before. Stuff. This is the 90s I'm yeah. talking about. Yeah, the hugging video. Wasn't yeah. that, like, in the yeah. early 2000s, along with Meet the Parents? Same. I feel like same it was time? late 90s. The, that uh, movie and that Meet the Parents was early 2000s. I think we're talking about... I mean, I'm sure he was doing comedy yeah. at that point yeah, to some yeah, level. Yeah. No, I'd seen him in the cellar before. As a you did all the time? No, I saw him like a few times. I went to the cellar when I was in high school. You don't need to brag. I'm not bragging. I just happen Jesus to live in Christ. the area. <laughs> oh, okay. That's all. You just happened to bring it up out of nowhere, too. But no, because you were whatever. just saying I'm sure he was doing comedy. I'm just <laughs> affirming your suspicion. So by, right here it says by just talking about yourself. <laughs> so right here it says that Peter Sellers uh, is uh, was supposed to play uh, the role that Slim Pickens played, but he said that uh, the workload was too heavy and he was worried he could not properly do a Texas accent. Oh, okay. That I see. I had heard that he had hurt himself actually and wasn't able to get around the small confines. Oh, and right there it says, uh, and once they start, once he got the accent right, they started shooting scenes. But then Sellers sprained an ankle and could not work in the cramped cockpit set because he was a fucking pussy. Any, <laughs> anyone can edit Wikipedia. <laughs> no, I, I just did that. that in my brain. I, I think that's what that, uh, there might have been. A, there was going to be talks of a sequel before uh, Kubrick died in '95. 
Um, I let's gonna click on that. Call, it's gonna call it Son of Strange Love, and it was really? gonna take place in the bunker, <laughs> for the most part. And uh, wait, really? Where did you hear that? I don't know. Right on Wikipedia. Yeah, there's. I'm trying to find that link. The potential sequel. And it was gonna be potentially directed by Terry Gilliam. I was gonna say that this mo- uh, when we were watching it, there were some scenes that had a very Gilliam vibe to me. There was a there was a sort of silliness to some of this movie that I don't feel like I normally see in Kubrick movies that felt very Gilliam-esque. Yeah, well, we I feel like we kind of established that this is definitely a more... While most of his uh, movies, even fucking, what's it called, Clockwork Orange, mm-hmm. have some elements of comic relief, sure. this is the first one that you could probably oh, you call it as a comedy. As a comedy. Yeah, yeah sure. a dark comedy well, still, but... The sequel, as it it reads here, is largely set in the underground bunkers. So if we think about Terry Gilliam's body of work, and you think about things like Brazil. 12 Monkeys. Like, uh, yeah, 12 Monkeys. You know, just these these locked-in society kind of things. I think that would be very interesting to see Terry Gilliam's uh, take on that. It would have been interesting in the Uh, 80s. Now, this is something that... I don't know if 95, I think I would have... It's a little jump in the shark, I feel. Oh, yeah. Real time. (laughs) <laughs> that's, that's true actually that would be about approximately actually if 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 it was 95 or let's say it, it was 90 94 would be 31 years would be exactly one third of the half-life of that you know emodium blah 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 d or whatever it's called what that that's in the bomb remember they were oh, talking about the the reactive element of the yeah. bomb was uh-huh. would had a 93 year half-life yeah so thirty-one years would be exactly one third of it, and there'd be a little like kid strange love, and that would be the sun. That's that a generation, so cool. right? Thirty-one mm-hmm. years. I mean, mm-hmm. that's enough for you that's to have wild. kids, and then for them to grow up a mm-hmm. couple of years too. Now, I, I want to see that movie now. We'll do that one too. What was the other movie we were making earlier today? Uh, fucking bunch of stoners. We were talking about we were going to make a movie. See, no, no, no one knows what I'm talking about now. At least no, I have I a think vague you had this memory. Conversation with other people. No, 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 no. We were t- at the very beginning of the recording. We were talking about. Uh, we were joking about something, and it led to us oh being like that would be a good movie. That plot line, and then it's gone now. Well, I actually remember when I'm, I remember this. Yeah, you vaguely remember now too. See, yeah. see, he, uh, he doesn't remember so much. He's getting defensive and angry at I me. No <laughs> all I, I can remember. remember from the beginning is me, myself, and Irene. That's all I remember. We're talking gonna about. <laughs> That is a great movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, the original ending to Doctor Strangelove, and this is kind of interesting. The war room was supposed to devolve into a pie fight, and then roll credits. Really? That was going to be the original ending, and then Oops. it was. They did have a buffet in there that could have worked exactly, and I think that, that, that was there up. to set it up a pie fight and all yeah. that stuff. They were just going to have a crazy pie fight. I could go for some pie, and pie. then um, <laughs> key lime pie tasty cake. Oof, for yep. pie. That's not pie. That's a key lime pie tasty cake. That's good <laughs> enough for me. That's a, yeah, what yeah, a fair that's enough. such a Philly way of saying that you want a pie. <laughs> 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 I want a cake. Do you have any intimates? Okay, so right here, there, there actually is a thing on Wikipedia. Accounts vary as to why the pie fight was cut. In a 1969 interview, Kubrick said, I decided it was farce and not consistent with the satiric tone of the rest of the film. Yeah. Critic Alexander like Walker observed that the cream pies were flying around so thickly that people lost definition and you couldn't really say who you were looking at. And then Terry Southern, son of the screenwriter... Oh, no, Niall Southern, son of screenwriter Terry Southern, suggested that the fight was intended to be less jovial. 
Since they were laughing, it was unusable. Because instead of having that totally black, which would have been amazing, like this blizzard, which in a sense is metaphorical for all of the missiles that are coming as well. Well, I'm losing him. But he says it just was a disaster. So they did have it. They just never... They, they make it through editing. It. Yeah. This episode of Movie Movie brought to you by Wikipedia. Yes. It, yeah. That happens rather frequently. <laughs> it does indeed. And this is an interesting thing right here. The first test screening of the film was scheduled for November 22nd, 1963, but then the president had to go and get himself shot in the head. Fucking rude. <laughs> Fucking rude. What a... Uh, what... How needy do you that? have to be? No, I'm interested <laughs> <was> here. <laughs> It For says a second, he thought I was that like, the pie really, fight was, spart- <laughs> was sparse. Sparta was Sparta. He thought it was farce and not satire, and mm-hmm. he needed to be satire. I don't think I quite understand farce. Does anyone want to shed some light? Because like I, I get it in a context that I that I think I get it, but I, I don't think satire I can put it in the is is commentary. Farce is like a slapstick kind of. Mm. Absurdity of nothing. Yeah. I was going to say uh, something like um, you know, scary movie is farce. Yes. Mm. Uh, whereas uh, something, I mean, something like this is satire. Something like I'm yeah, trying to think yeah. of another example of satire. No, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Where um, they're both they're both sort of commentary, if you will, quote unquote, on on ideas, on certain mm. ideas. But one is a more sort of whimsical silly version of that and yeah. one is meant to more explore the ideas of it you know mm. uh through humor i would say like a uh what's it called like a scary movie would be the farce but then something like an austin powers would be a satire sure because that's uh, not a direct parody of a bond i mean it's a little farcy uh, but i think it's still yeah farce. I, I would think say maybe farce, yeah. i think maybe cabin in the woods if you want to do horror to horror so you do like scary movie is Farce. Cabin in the Woods is satire. Cabin in the Woods is like a satire of. I would say movies. screams yeah, more or, of the satire. Or, of that yeah. One. What's the other one that uh, came out recently? The um. Oh, so you're like a commentary, but not a the joke. guy. The yeah, one exactly. that Dale and Tucker. Oh, yeah, Tucker and Dale. Dale. That's a good one. That's that a was a really good. Exactly. One. That's a satire. That one I'd say is a parody. No, it still has. It still, I think it holds its own as a movie. I don't no, I think, think it does too. I say yeah. No, I don't but think it's a plays as a parody because I feel that parody. Uh, oh no! Parody. You actually have a specific thing in mind. I feel like that really goes out of it. I feel that parody kind of uses farce more, like mm-hmm. a weird Iankovic, mm-hmm. to kind of over, uh, or should I say, make it over the top the commentary. Mm-hmm. Whereas like Duck, Tucker and Dale versus Evil, while while very silly at times, played it to the to the hip the whole time, where yeah. it wasn't. You were, at, at no point you were like that couldn't possibly happen right you know what i mean where that happens a lot i feel in a farce mm. you're, you're, the sp- suspension of disbelief is farther i guess in a farce than a satire what's interesting though is that i think uh the the part where the you're a prevert when he shoots the coke machine yeah. and then wow the coke in sprays in his yeah. face I was gonna say, there's a that actually kind of does feel out of place and that is farcical yeah yes. there's like three and, or four uh, moments in this movie that feel like literal you know like circus sketch moments when he, you know when what he I mean? rides the missile down yeah well uh, that i really like actually and i think i mean i liked it i thought it was funny but like that also kind of seemed out of place uh, in my opinion at least that that was it was mel brooksy yeah the, the soda in the face and yeah. Yeah. i feel like i it was out of place but uh it, it feels i mean it definitely works i like the this coke in the face kind of like I, that pulled me out for half a second 
where it was like too silly for me. Yeah. Something about the bomb, and perhaps it was because it was pre-iconicized. You know, I'd seen that footage long before I ever saw this movie. Perhaps that that no, is what allows there's it. There's some weight and significance to him getting onto that bomb and riding it out of the absolutely. Way. Yeah, yeah. The and the guy getting sprayed in the face with soda. That's just a fucking joke. That's yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And the yeah, they, we were because we were talking about it earlier about how him getting on the bomb was is kind of a, the the culmination really of all of them. Accepting their death, following orders. Yeah, oh, and, and, the, uh, and the bomb that is labeled "this side down, this handle side with down. care" because it's when nuclear. One, one you know. is high there, and the other one says, "Dear John." Dear John, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I'm curious as to, well, if uh, to, at least as far as the coke uh, scene goes, it's very slapstick, funny, and silly. Mm-hmm. But it, it's again plausible within what was going on at that moment, mm-hmm. and kind of. You know, everyone, it, it, it's kind of a cheap kind of, yeah, he, that jerk got his comeuppets. Mm. You Which know what weird, I mean? It does fade into the next shot almost too quickly. Yeah. It doesn't really linger on the, the joke no. of him getting it's sprayed. It doesn't really have a wah, wah. It. Yeah, it just yeah. kind of fades. And so I wonder if, if that is perhaps an editing snafu in the age of literally cutting and pasting film yeah. where it was just like, ah, oh, we got to leave it now because we, we did the fade. Yeah. Or, you know, maybe just... That was how we tried to time it. I, I don't know. Yeah. It just seems weird to cut. Well, then again, a, a whole pie fight is a lot of farce. Yeah. So yeah. perhaps there is a window for a little bit of farce there. He snuck it in there. So and it, that's yeah. the thing is that, and we're not talking about the ending of the movie. We're talking about the kind of the that that it must have been a weird way to end that scene because you couldn't go into the call between the president mm-hmm. and stuff. But how do you that that's the point where you know you've got the change. That's how that scene ends. That's, that's just true, the ending. It goes right back scene. to the war room, and they're all exactly. having their, you know, exactly. their break. Yeah, it's it almost like I guess that would be about the start of the third act. You might say maybe, that kind yeah, because that's about when. Well, I mean, that's what's the name? Strange Love has piped up since then, but he kind of pipes up right at the end of the second act when yeah. he first pops in. You know, yeah, they just kind of yeah, they introduce him and but he wheels much. around with. But his then he, explanation but, the, of the but he owns device. the war room for the rest of the movie after yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's talk about the uh, the phone call, the one sided phone call from uh, Peter Sellers to the premier Dimitri. of Russia, Dmitri. <laughs> yeah, hello, Dmitri. He has to talk to him like a I'm child. I'm fine. Yeah. Are you fine? Yeah. Well, that's good. It's good that um, we're both. It's good to be fine. It's good to be fine. Yeah, you're right, Dmitri. It's good to be fine. Yeah, we both. And that is the you same know, kind of you know, guarded you know how we speech. talked about the bomb. <laughs> yeah. The bomb, Dmitri. The hydrogen bomb. <laughs> 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 and that's great because we don't need to. We never get a sense of how drunk Dimitri is, but we, like Not from what from he says, sounds, just from the yeah. response. Yeah, it's a, and that is a lack of communication from <laughs> the movie to us, played for humor. It's it's brilliant. He opens up the conversation by saying, could, could you turn the music down? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah. That's like good. You're, you're calling someone at a college dorm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's Dimitri, and he. Uh, but I, I, I love that because uh, it gi- it gives you. It, you know, once again, we're talking about the lack of communication. It, I'm not going to say it breaks the fourth wall, but that is the movie purposefully leaving some communication out to us. But instead of using it for for drama or for the sake of irony, they use it for just humor yeah because mm-hmm. they're know, not it's, it's not for us to interpret it it we know what he's saying oh yeah not verbatim but we know what he's saying based on the reaction mm. but we st- we're still filling in the blanks mm. ourselves a little bit mm. and so it's a little participatory in that sense oh absolutely but it, at the, like at the same time you're not 
it's not like integral to the plot like where something's like oh my god i wonder what he said on the phone mm. and then it reveals itself later through some plot exactly uh, thing. It's just it like yeah. dramatic irony or yeah it's yeah. just this is just this it's this, this is a played, gag it's, it's a gag played for timing you know yeah. what i mean mm-hmm. like that all of that stuff works because of the timing of not having a response there yeah. if you were actually hearing his words a lot of those jokes probably would not hit the same way they do when they just come in succession after those little pauses mm-hmm. and you'd have to i mean and this is not to take anything away from the scene but you'd have to write funny dialogue for someone else yep. too oh, absolutely. Yeah. so i mean this almost simplifies it so much but and and makes it that much funnier in the process yeah it's, it's like the jaws effect it's like by taking mm-hmm. out it's you know having more. to hear the other end of that conversation it's actually much more funny oh mm-hmm. absolutely and it's and it's it's the one that's the one thing that keeps it from being the drama that this movie is. If we could hear the other side of that conversation, it wouldn't be funny. Well, then it's a it conversation. Would just be like, oh, exactly. Mm. And it would be, oh shit. Now we're just getting details. Yeah. And it's building in, and and I, th- I think the way that the the dry humor works in this is because there is that tension, and so it ratchets up that dry humor. It's so damn close to just being a tense drama. But instead, it's silly. Well, you know what I realized is is actually one of the bleakest things about this movie is we never see any citizens or the rest of the world. No, it's just we the, are the... strictly inside the war room and inside the cockpit of that plane. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're we're with the decision makers, not the exactly. people who it affects. And those deci- exactly, and those decision makers are never like that's. I feel like that's the point of that is like most other movies would show you like the rest of the world's reaction or like what you know. So you yeah. you would have some. Uh, but uh, think there is no there is no reaction by the rest of the world. We don't know, right? No. Uh, uh, well, but also in any other movie, there'd be like a there would be like a family that was at the center of a of yeah, a side no yeah. story or something. Like that's supposed to be our way into the story. So oh yeah, yeah. The impact. Of we're not it. in the story. None of that because yeah. we're just we're getting their version of the world, and their mm-hmm. version of the world is not really paying attention or thinking about any of those people. Oh, yeah. they sell it's us out by the end. They're going to live on just the men yeah. in the war room and a whole yep. bunch of ho- and 10 however ten many each. other ladies mm-hmm. multiply that by that. Well, that's We're out of the equation. The quote that uh Ripper gives where he's like, you know, um in 19 or in the 19 basically around World War 1 this guy says uh, war is too important to be left to the generals. He's like, now war is too important to be left to the politicians. I feel mm-hmm. like that is kind of because those are the only two people who are represented in the movie: mm-hmm. the, uh, the 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 military side of it, and then mm-hmm. the politician the politics, side. Yeah, yeah, I yeah mean, and even the the soldiers are just like the pawns of it. Yeah, and, and they're, they're there's the no drama with them. The they just do it. Yeah. They might as well yeah. be a machine. That that might as well be a drone, guys. Hey, and uh, you know, but it might as well be message. But in a way, too, they do kind of, even the soldiers represent us in a small way because they're just having to deal with the decisions people higher up yep. are making. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're having to act on them more than we would as far as be just being bombed and dying right. because of it. And they but act at cold the same and clinical. Time, yeah, like it's, it's just their job and our kind of job as uh, Americans is to just deal with the type of decisions that our politicians make. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and only, scene. The only time citizens are brought up at all is uh, in terms of how many casualties there will be. Yes, mm-hmm. in a, in, a, in a pure numbers yep. statistics yep. sense. Mm. Like he's just like <laughs> ten to twenty billion tops. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, there's uh, the only communication at all with the outside world is just the the radio. The radio. When yeah. he's got the one radio that works and is still playing, which music. is only music and no no lyrics, only. Mm-hmm. 
mm. tunes. Like, there's no talk at any point during mm. any of the radio. Uh, it's not Chio time. in the morning. No. Oh. Thank God. <laughs> I want to remake that, this movie. That would have made this Chio movie just a little morning. too dark. <laughs> yo, 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 it's Chio in the morning. Like, so <laughs> this is... Uh, Chio in the morning, I assure you wouldn't be. Oh, what, what are the lines he's he like say? F- like, uh, like 67 now, Chio. He's like, uh, I listen to him in like 94. Yeah. <laughs> remember the DJ that was named Joe Mama? Joe Mama, yeah. Joe that Mama. was also on Q102. That is insane. Was it all Phil- uh, South Jersey Station? No, this Philly? is Philly. It was Philly. Yeah, yeah, this Q102 like, uh, in the mid, mid, mid-90s. Joe Mama. Definitely. I'm sure New York was just as bad. Yeah. Can we see if we can find some conflicting reviews of this movie? Let's see what we can do. It's one of the most highly rated films. I wonder. Well, actually, you've never seen it. I wonder what, what how be your review? Did you enjoy he, it? Was it a good movie, Kev? I, I asked him afterwards, and he he did. He was not impressed by any. Oh, means. I'm like not, not saying like I hated it. I'm just saying like I feel as if like I would need to see it maybe like a few more times to like get as much understanding of it. And, it is like, pretty. I mean, it is pretty dry. It reminds me of like an Edgar Wright movie or something where oh it's man, like it's very sometimes dry. you do have to watch Does something yeah. like that a couple of times. anyone want to guess the Rotten Tomatoes rating of Dr. Strangelove? 99. 72. <laughs> 85. 100%. Oh, Jesus wow. Christ. There are no bad reviews for this movie. Give us one. Kevin Lau, what did, what did you not like about this movie? I just think upon first watching it, like there's just I mean, I'm trying to take in more. Listen and to the confidence he's got. You guys are trying. I what can I say? I'm not really a confident <laughs> movie. We're talking about TV shows. I'll give you a fucking great review. Do you uh, do you think you could benefit from a rewatch? Oh yeah, well, most definitely. Yes. I think uh, I'd definitely benefit. This from This is rewatch. definitely a two-watch movie. Yeah. I try to watch this movie every year, so you it's like one that I like. The war room joke and mm-hmm. stuff like that. That's all definitely a first time. Yeah, those are you stuff you can get the first exactly. time. Like that, I can see that there are multiple layers. Of like understanding this movie, like uh, other themes that like maybe I didn't see that I could definitely, if I watched more, I could more relate to. But and definitely upon listening to all of your commentary upon it, like I'm gonna get a deeper understanding of it upon a rewatch. Mm. You better. This is, my, this is my favorite review right here. The funniest <laughs> film ever made about nuclear holocaust. <laughs> <laughs> Spot on, I'd say. Yeah. <laughs> I would say that that our uh, yeah, it is crazy how is bleak and dark what's actually happening in this movie is. Well, that's another thing Kevin and I were talking about uh, when you were having a cigarette and Dan was in the bathroom. Uh, is how that 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 is on the surface, but like I don't know, maybe it's me because I'm jaded. I've watched it so many times, but like I feel like you don't think about it pretty much no, the whole time. You don't. You're into the plot, but you're not. It, it, it's not in the back of your head, like, oh yeah, at the end of this, like everyone could yeah. die. Again, that's like, uh, right? Isn't that what we're talking about? The whole movie is about like being disconnected from yeah. what this all actually is, means and what mm-hmm. it, who the, it affects. The, the, the we we get to experience what it's like to be somebody in the war room that is so disconnected Just from making this. decisions and has so much dumb fucking information coming at them that is unnecessary to actually make the right choice in this matter. Uh, you know, flooding that decision making. That I feel like that's the, what the whole thing's about. So, so that you do end up by the end of it, like not even really thinking about what it is that's going on until suddenly you're watching a fucking montage of nuclear war. Oh yeah. yeah. Just. Oh, we're we're like okay. I work uh, at a, at a foreclosure firm, right? And so, like, it takes so much paperwork. To get even the slightest things done, yeah, uh-huh. and like there's there's no way you can't just you can't just take the house and sell it. It's not yeah. gonna happen. No. But even when it comes down to the simple act of just making sure somebody is being 
alerted about this potentially happening to them. Yeah. There's, a, you know, a, a year and a half worth of red tape just to get through mm-hmm. to make that happen. And it's and it's just wild to, to wonder how these processes developed. Because, yeah. like, I, I always think back, like, like, when I think about things like property taxes... Uh, like property taxes, okay, you know, it goes into the city and all that. But it's like, oh, you, you buy a plot of land, you do all that. There was a time back in the day where it was just like, I found this land, this is my land now, forever mine. I'm going to be done. Tired. Yeah. And then somehow over time, it just became this most insanely red tape filled thing. Yeah. And so, like, so I wonder, do, do we crave this red tape? Right. Do we want this? You know, what is it about? Is it about, you know, for the house thing, is it about being fair? Is, you know, like that kind of mm-hmm. a thing? But then at the same time, I think we avoid it, too. Because, like, there's, a, like, a Columbia Music uh, Service. They would get you where it was just, like, you're signed up, and there's a shitload of paperwork to unsign up. Mm-hmm. So most of their customer base is people that just didn't want to put up with the red tape. Yeah. So they'll just pay the money to well, just do it. And so do we crave it? Do we avoid it? I don't know. I think that it was... Uh, it was. I, I don't think it's I, either. I don't think we crave it, or I mm-hmm. think we don't like it. Let's put it this way. I think it's changed over time in that we tolerated it because we 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 knew things just took a while. We kind of were okay with that. You know what I mean? Because everything took a while. Mm-hmm. Take walking across, leave, leaving your house and going to your neighbor's house a couple hundred miles away would be a couple days. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Things took time. And and now we live in a world where I you can go on your phone and find out anything about Dr. Strangelove you want. Mm-hmm. Reviews. Uh, little tidbits about. Thank the movie God for that. No show like otherwise. That. Yeah, yeah, seriously. Mm-hmm. But like, and so, so our our willingness to wait for anything uh, is becoming less and less and less. Like, I actually, um, I read an article recently. Uh, uh, to get completely off topic, uh, uh, please, about please. about someone <laughs> about about people tipping and mm-hmm. how people um, are complaining more about their service and therefore tipping less and so they actually conducted a study to find out uh why like like if service was slower than it was uh Mm. years ago and Mm -hmm. and so they did this study and they and then and they found out that service is exact like almost exactly the same as it was 30 years ago but customers are spending more time on their phone i saw that article yes yes so it's like so we demand more we miss our waiters and stuff like that because Mm -hmm. they're walking by and then it's like well what the fuck you know i've been here for x amount of time because we're just in a it's like that whole it's like that the we ck bit it's like everything we have is awesome and we're just bitching about everything yeah so i'm gonna drop the mic and leave now bye (laughs) (laughs) i think uh i think we we cracked it at least in terms of uh it's a movie about dick waving for the sake of red tape (laughs) yeah (laughs) for the sake of not communicating Yeah. yeah yeah lack of communication is definitely a theme how are we on time? Can we talk about the visual element of it? Yeah. I mean, this movie was a uh, black and white flick. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, the other... Which turns a lot of people off. I would off. say version of this movie, if you will, uh, is, uh, you know, uh, what's it called? Uh, Failsafe. I have to see and that. And when they broadcast that on TV, they did so in black and mm-hmm. white. Uh, something about this story plays in black and white, perhaps, inherently? I don't know. I mean, I, you know that was a choice on... on uh, Kubrick's part to make yeah. it black and I white. I wonder if, to a certain extent, to get back to the detachment theme, is it kind of separates us a little more because it's not in color and it's not we're not taking Absolutely. everything in. It's a separate reality. Yeah, and and especially to us, especially at a time where color was available, mm-hmm. it, it's 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 separating yourself mm-hmm. from 
something a little bit by putting it. it. Suddenly, also, black and white looks a little more fake now. Don't you fucking well, disagree with me? No, no, I, was wait, I, I think, swear to God. I think it makes it look more real if it were in color. LS sets would have been seen like cheaper. Uh, if it were in color, they they probably would have had to make better sets for that yeah. reason. That's probably yeah. true. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I also think that there is something to, we talked about this a little bit earlier, but this movie looking a little bit like it's almost like actual stock military footage yes. of an event mm-hmm. that happened. And if that were true, it probably would, for the time, probably would be black and white footage. I, mm-hmm. I was about to say, to, to fit in with all of those, uh, uh, they, after a certain point, they stopped doing just test explosions of yep. hydrogen bombs because oh, they yeah. realized it wasn't safe. Yep. Well, and so like most of those, I'm sure all of those videos at the end had to be mm-hmm. in, in black and white. I wonder if like they, they kind of retrospe- retroactively true. were like, well, let's do it this way yep. so well, that I it all ties even in the, together. The, like fake plane flying shots where it's clearly a model yeah. plane in front of a scrolling yes. background. If that was in color, it would have just looked ridiculous oh yeah because yeah. there's actually a couple absurd. shots in there where i was like oh he's clearly like putting some time into this like yeah yeah for how old this movie is and how simple an effect that is some of this looks pretty good some mm. of it looks awful but some of it looks yeah. really and good. i think the awful looks looks perfectly awful like yeah and i think the black and white works for it mm-hmm. yeah like actually one of the things um uh we've all seen the mist right mm-hmm. the mist yes. and then Steam you can watch King. that in black and white and yes. he originally intended to do that in black and white and so I watched it in black and white, and there's tonal shifts and all that, but one of the main things I noticed about it is that in color, the CGI looks a little funny. In black and white, it looks amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so black and white is a great way to hide weird effects in mm-hmm. a kind of in this weird nostalgic tone. Mm-hmm. It, uh, I, and I, you know, I think the black and white was a choice. Mm-hmm. Although it would be really funny if they just retroactively did that off of the... Because uh, they knew they wanted they to finish like, we with the A-bomb explosions. Uh, the, the bombs. Like, this is all we can find. Sorry, boss. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they don't have them in color. What can I say? I don't have them in color, <laughs> Mr. Kubrick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that actually makes me think if Kubrick had a little sidekick, the, the comedy was in pairs in terms of sidekicks. There was uh, Crazy uh, Ripper... And proper Mandrake, mm-hmm. yeah. and then Mandrake, you know, me. It's Mandrake and the uh, you know, officer the, the guy, officer who, guy yeah. who's total square. Yeah, and you know, Mandrake has privileged in- information that he needs to to put across. So then you have uh, the president and first time first, he has balls uh, in the movie the Buck whole time. Turgeson. By the way, yeah, yeah, was and he's then, like, you better. Get me! Oh, I yeah. need to talk to the president now. And before that, I was just oh, uh, oh, Jack. Uh. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's actually really true. He was the because I was well, saying he was like Smithers. Yeah. Well, once exactly. yeah, once the everything it seemed like uh, him uh, River killing himself almost was like a huge well I, as it should be a huge relief to Mandrake. Oh yeah. And that like I, I don't have to worry about him anymore. It, then at that point it was just finding out what the yeah. code was, mm. uh, which he you know seem to relatively easily oh, absolutely. thanks to a very convenient notebook yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. but a notebook that speaks to the level of crazy like it was yes. believable that it was, was there. Th- and that that actually was uh, re- really done well and obviously completely visual but the scribblings on the notebook and how they bled into one another and stuff oh, like yeah. that and it you almost like was, a, there was a pictures of hot ladies too puzzle. he yeah. drew like sexy ladies he's definitely fucked up he's out of his mind. it all goes down to his dick the uh, but uh, w- like the president and uh, Buck, man, cut Buck your penis Turgidson, off. It's ruining the world. They had a thing that was going on, and then uh, you know, and that was uh, 
that was a weird power struggle. Mm-hmm. And but they were they were both sure that they you know mm-hmm. knew what was going on. But then it switched to President Merklin Muffley and Doctor Strangelove. Mm-hmm. And Doctor Strangelove suddenly has all this information. But he has this further detachment that makes it funny. Like we're at the point where there's there's no straight man in this duo because everybody started as a straight man and then turned into this goofy yeah. thing. Really, the only one who went opposite was was uh, Mandrake. But it just seems the comedy comes in duos. Like they just keep switching off yeah. p- uh, pairs, and it ultimately ends with the one actor squaring off against himself. Well, well th- th- as we talked before, with the um, the way that we're kind of limited to just military and, I mean, and the government side of it. So it's like, I mean, everything takes place in this room or a plane and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So there's really not. I mean. <sighs> You could have had probably, you know, more people in the war room as characters, but like the way it worked out, it's just that it it's it helped uh as far as Placo to not have that many other people. And I feel like, I like again, that there's a ton of people there and because they're all following procedure, none of them say a word. Yeah. <laughs> they're just one there. another. Yeah. And they're all because yeah, the, the anyone if the, it, it's one of those having the floor type of scenarios where mm. if you're not asked a question or or have pertinent information, then you just shut up and listen. Mhm. Which was ninety percent of the room outside of Turgeson, and I guess that's about it. I mean, he was the only one who had information, at right. least as far as the explanation. At least he was the only one who was giving it out. I mean, he got it from someplace yeah. else, obviously, because we saw the phone call. Yeah, he was the uh, delivered all of it, though. Yes, yeah, he, yeah, he was. He was the yeah, from start, start to finish. Well, something you pointed out we were watching, and we should talk about is the gum. The gum. Gum yeah. is a big uh, thing. Yeah, it's Everyone's a weird theme in this movie. Well, I um, I was I'm a big nail biter when I I, I gotta I chew things too. when I'm like nervous. I I think I finally quit it too, but I'm sitting here like scratching myself because I have nails on my fingers. But uh, I want to chew them. But uh, chewing gum, I chew a lot of gum yeah. instead now, and it's like a nervous tick. Have to get you like a scratching post or something. That, uh, yeah, right. <laughs> oh, that would actually be great. And uh, the uh, uh, George C. Scott uh, Tur- uh, does this great thing where he's chewing the gum and he leans into one of the one of the silent you know the silent uh, group of people in the war room yeah and he offers him the pack of gum and it's almost like a pack of smokes yeah and the guy like kind of passes it off and then he does that like you know, like this guy better than my gum <laughs> and it's it's the exact same thing that you see with the the pack of smokes where it's like hey you want one like no I don't smoke so we'll ah, too you. good for it huh yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> Or what was in The Departed? You're one of those health nuts. You don't smoke. What are you talking about? Fuck you. Suck. <laughs> 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 Alec Baldwin. Oh, oh he was funny man. That. Yeah, that uh, Doctor Strange Love is a good movie, no matter what Kevin Lau says. <laughs> Can't I believe you I, hated it. I don't actually don't think I said anything negative. I don't know. Your your speculation alone speaks volumes. Oh, okay. <laughs> You're like, I need to watch it again, actually. So you couldn't date him. No, no, no Kevin. <laughs> it's the greatest no. Marvel movie Kevin, of all time. Kevin would have not have made date number two. <laughs> Although I would try to fuck him tonight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, I'm yawning, guys. It's all right. Should we do some plugs and wrap this thing up? Um, let's do Absolutely. some. Uh, do we do recommendations? Are we still gonna do recommendations? Oh, let's do some recommendations. You got anything? Uh, what do I want to recommend? Since the last time we were, you know what? I started rewatching the first season of Community. I'm just gonna recommend Community. Right the on. whole thing? The, yeah, the whole thing. Uh, I'm, I, I don't know why. I just started watching it again. And like my memory of it is that the first six episodes are not like great, and they still haven't found yeah, like, their, I, their I agree with their you. characters yet. But now that I'm watching it again, having seen all of it, I'm realizing that they did actually right away 
know the pieces they wanted to put into place, but they didn't have the confidence to it's really like. Still took time. Y- they just didn't have the mm. confidence to tell the story the way they wanted to. They you could tell they wanted to tell it in a certain way. All the elements are there. They're just they're not. They don't go full force at any of those ideas with like with gusto. You know, mm. by yeah. once they get about seven or eight episodes in, they really start just getting really weird and sort of pushing the boundaries and all these ideas they had. They sort of reel them all in in the fr- in the, in the beginning. It, it was interesting. It's interesting watching it again. I've uh, I've never seen it. You gotta watch it. <laughs> oh, yeah, really? I, I actually have. I've seen either. like bits and pieces like with any of them. Yeah, I'd I mean like to see they it. are a good form of uh, satire, mm. I guess, because like everything yeah. they do, like this is a western. This is an action movie. This mm. is the mob movie that they're sat- sat- uh, satirizing. Like that's pretty much. All it is for like the first two seasons is them doing something new with each thing. There's this a time travel uh, satire. It's so good. You, so you like Community a lot better than you like Doctor Strange Love. Yeah, <laughs> he's glowing. He's positively glowing right now. I love about John I didn't, have to, didn't have to watch Community twice to like it, did you? I, I watched it three times. <laughs> Do you have anything that you would recommend that you watched? I just recently rewatched Captain America: Winter Soldier. Oh, right oh, man, on! I've been dying to rewatch that movie, and it's just as great as the first time I yeah, saw it. Yeah, when he it. kicked that guy off the boat, did you get just as excited? Oh, as GSP. You did the first time? What? Uh. uh uh, well, he kicks the like UFC looking yeah, G- on the boat. Yeah, GSP. George, George, George St. Pierre, the French fighter on the boat. Yeah, why did you say that to me like I would know that's a thing? <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> he's, probably, he's a really well-known you know fighter. What I found when I talk to people about that movie, <laughs> it's fun to call it the winter shoulder and then just play dumb about it. What? The that's Captain awesome. America, the winter shoulder. And when, winter if, shoulder. If they actually really do catch you in it, and you got to admit it, there's a backup where you just act like his robotic shoulder is the winter shoulder. That's yeah. what it is. That's what they call him. <laughs> yeah. can, wow. You can blow some minds with that yeah. game. I recommend it to anybody who wants to play. Although it's, it's no Iron Man, it's definitely probably the second best Marvel movie. You're dumb. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that, that, was, that was a, com- a, yeah. a statement completely independent of the conversation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Because not only is itself... <laughs> and felt by everyone in the room, by the way. <laughs> oh, no. Not only is it a good comic I'm book movie... I'm still not sold on Captain America to being the best. It might be, but I like Guardians. It's a film with a message, which I rather... like, Which none of them can you get today really have, but this one has that going for it. So that's why I enjoy it so much. So you should check that out. Right on. You got anything to uh, recommend? I recommend Me, Myself, and Irene. <laughs> right on. <laughs> That's actually the first DVD I ever bought. I really? remember that. Yes, definitely. Mine was um, Something About Mary, another Frehley mo- oh, Brothers yeah. movie. They were hot at the onset of Just made it about me again. How many, how, many, how many times did you watch that before you liked it? <laughs> Mr. High Standards. He's like, well, I watched it so much, now I hate it. <laughs> I know. He's, he's enough broken that I through the a- wall of liking <laughs> it. <laughs> I hate it enough to give away the DVD. There you go. Oh. Because I got All the digital. Blu-ray. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> got to see the nooks and crannies. I will recommend uh, uh, Coherence. Coherence is a baller-ass sci-fi movie. It's like a single location, or or is it a sci-fi movie of the mumblecore variety? And um, it plays like a Twilight Zone and or a Futurama episode, oh, but it has like horror and tension and... Uh, I don't know. It was a lot of fun. I thought it was really cool, and it's got the dude from uh, from Buffy in it. Xander. So also, another uh, recommendation: yeah, so if, cool. if you've never seen the movie Moon with Sam uh, Rockwell, oh, right right I just saw a preview for an old DVD I watched, and that was on. And I was just like, I have to see that again. That is such. I, like he, I love him as an actor. Yeah, me too. You and know I who uh, like directed that movie? 
Jesus. Uh, his name's Duncan Jones, or otherwise uh, David Bowie's son. Yes. <laughs> David Bowie. Oh, wait. You know what? I did. Okay. Ooh. That makes sense. His name was Baby Bowie, but he so changed Moon. it to, to, to Duncan Jones. And me, Jones. myself, and Irene. Mm-hmm. Lots of M's in my recommendations today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I recommend that Kevin Lau watches <laughs> Dr. Strange Love again. Really <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shit. It's a great, great I'll flight. download it when I get home. Right. <laughs> I guess Kubrick can't stand to make any more money because he's dead. Yeah, yeah. So he just can't stand. He's. I gave him my money for AI. I'm not doing that. <laughs> oh, I liked AI. <laughs> not doing that again. No, I liked AI too. Actually, I'm I'm a big AI AI apologist. AI kind of guy. <laughs> um. So yeah. Anybody get any plugs? I mean, we yeah, we'll start by saying movie movie uh, uh part three. Yes. We did it. Yes. We beat show two. <laughs> it's the hardest thing to do with a running show is beating show two, and we beat show two with class. <laughs> thanks to everybody who came. Oh, but yes. nine eighteen September eighteenth, we're gonna be uh doing another one. Talking All sports, sports movies. movies. And you know while we're at it, fuck it because uh, as part of it uh. The week before that is Curses. Yes. The other Philomoka game show. So yeah, check that out you know, as well. Check that out for the brand that out there What's for you. What's your favorite sports movie? My favorite sports movie? Um, I, I, you know what? I think Hardball? No, no, no. I think it's got to be The Sandlot. Really uh, Mighty Ducks for okay. me, man. Yeah, It's either The Sandlot or I, I actually think Rocky. Have you guys seen Bull Durham? I really love Rocky. <laughs> no. Oh, Bull God. Durham is such... It's a is funny it? movie. Have you yeah. ever seen The Mighty Ducks? <laughs> yes, I've seen all 17 Dude, of them. Goldberg <laughs> farts. I was, I was in the sixth one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was one of the Bash stepbrothers. So yeah. it's like, there's, you know, there's, this is how much I liked the, the Mighty Ducks when I was younger. I went through a, reb, uh, a website in the last six or seven months that ranks all of the Mighty Ducks by by player, by playing prowess. <laughs> There's a who website. was the best one? Was it not Charlie? Uh, it was the, the, the superstar who was in the, the second one and the third one. The one who like wasn't on the team at mm. first. And then Adam Adam Banks. Adam Banks. Adam Banks. Get me Adam yeah. Banks. He's, you know what it is? And he is. He's the movie? fucking, by far the most talented. He's like, mm-hmm. Is he the one that couldn't rotate yeah. his wrist? Uh, yes. Yeah. He was the one that they, yes. they put a hit out on. Yeah. Where, uh, like, he got zoned out of the dickhead part of town where the Hawks play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And which is good because he's more of a duck mentality. I think yeah. we can all agree he lives on the nicer <laughs> side of town. You might remember that plot from Little Giants. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when they did the exact Fumble same thing. <laughs> Second favorite sports movie. Yeah. What bugs me about that movie, and correct me if I'm wrong, but when they do the flying V, they tend to drop the puck back as they cross the blue line. Yes, I believe Effectively yeah. making yeah. the off-sides. team offsides. Yeah. That always bugged me. Yeah. I know a little something about sports, Junior y'all. Hockey, and speaking of the little bit I know about sports, Olympics. I'm doing a sports talk show as yeah. part of the $5 Comedy Week. That. I'm not going to plug one or where. Just come out to that week. It's going to be cool. Well, let's talk about that week is what, August 20? It's this week. Yes. Yeah, coming up. This, this Monday through the following Monday? Through or Saturday. Or so yeah, through yeah. Saturday. Uh, it's at the Shubin Theater all week long. It's like 30 different shows, 150 different Philadelphia comics and uh, improvers putting uh, improvers. Putting uh, putting shows on. Getting Someone knows uh, improvers there. I have a show on uh, Wednesday. Pizza. I want to tell you, it's is that the twenty seventh Wednesday uh, at seven p.m. called Audio Tripping. Uh, we're gonna basically recreate a road trip on stage. Uh, it's gonna be really fun. We're gonna tell some uh, crazy stories about like 
DMT cults and uh, getting arrested in New York. Some things that have happened on the road. Uh, it's going to be really fun. Uh, and then I'm doing a podcasting workshop. Uh, that's is that a comedy uh, thing or is that a real thing? Uh, it's a real thing. It'll be a comedy thing too. It's going to be fun and funny and weird. Uh, but audio tripping for sure is going to be really fun and weird. And you should definitely come check it out. Do I have the date right on that? Does anybody have a calendar in front of them? I don't know where my phone is. Hold on. Now I got it. We're in his room, by the way. This is being recorded (laughs) in his room. Indeed. And he asked if anyone had a calendar in front of them. Well, you guys all have cell phones, and you're staring right at him. I'm trying to be respectful. Yes, Wednesday the 27th. That was correct. We just enjoy listening to you ramble. (laughs) Yeah, I was zoning at him. I'm actually texting my buddy Kevin about the movie The Fisher King. Oh, yeah. That's a great movie. I've actually never seen it. Terry Gilliam, Robin Williams. Searching for Bobby Fisher going to be in there? What is this? Searching for Bobby Fisher? That's chess. Is that a sport? If you if it was chess boxing, sure, but it's if you, just if you didn't have friends in high school, it is. <laughs> you know it's gonna oh, be nothing, in there. Uh, actually, uh, when we I when I cast Nikki for the show, she I know said, you like whimpered a little. Sports movies, is Airbud <laughs> gonna be there? And I'm like, well, it is fucking Ruined now. It for everybody. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wait, hold on, I want to get control of this podcast again. Yeah, we just yeah. devolved into three different conversations. Uh, so you can find me on Twitter at Philadelphia. That's with an F. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at uh, I like two movie. That's uh, with the number two. I'm uh, at Dan Scully. I forgot to mention that piece. Uh, we're on Facebook, facebook.com slash I like two movie with the number two. Uh, Kevin, where are you at? I am in Port Richmond. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Thank you. But <laughs> my Twitter is the real Kevin Lau. Uh-huh. And you can listen to me on my podcast that I do with Dan Scully. Hey, um, oh, that's my name. Yeah, that's you. Super crappy fun time. And that's also on iTunes, super crappy or in super crappy fun time.com as well. Uh, my Twitter is at a J Westicle. That's testicle with a W. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, <laughs> because I'm a mature person, and um, I got m- uh, uh, my baby's dropping yeah. this December. <laughs> <laughs> so big things ahead. This is this is like the first child of Philadelphia comedy. Yeah, I well, believe <laughs> you met at a comedy event. Yeah, we met at Raven Lounge about six or seven months before I performed there for the first time. There you go. It is a com- This is the first chat of comedy. And then we left because that's the worst place to take a date for the first date yeah. ever. Yeah. <laughs> to, that's true. To have a conversation. Indeed. And you know, it's funny. Thank As you, a guys. Comedian, Thank you very taken much. taken a million yeah. first dates to the Raven Lounge. Uh, so you knew it was going to be bad? What's up? I said, so you knew it was going to be bad? No, it was like, they're going to see how fucking funny I am, and then we're going to get wasted. That's how it worked, though. I was all talking to everybody outside, and she's just like, wow, this guy's like the fucking mayor of Philly comedy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, no, I just hang out. (laughs) 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 No, I just hang out. Thanks for having me, guys. Let's do this thing. Yeah, uh, we're going to do a real quick closing. uh, Yeah, you're going to need those mics. You're going to need that mic for just one second longer. Uh, you're going right. to pick this up immediately. Should we all bow our heads? Uh, you'll, you'll get this. Here we go. Uh, so my name is Garrett Smith, and I like to movie movie. My name is Dan Scully, and I like to movie movie. My name is Kevin Lau, and I like to movie movie. My name is Jay West, and I like to movie movie. And we all know that you like to movie movie because we, we like to movie.